This morning, I invite you to turn with me, if you would, Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through verse 14. And before I share the title of the message this morning, I've got just a couple questions, maybe really just one question. Uh, how many of y'all this morning have an alarm clock or on your phone you have a feature called the snooze button? Anybody this morning? You know what it is? All right. Come on, y'all. I've got two people participating. Do you have one? Raise your hand. Come on. All right. Now, my next question is this. Are you like me where you use that bad boy a lot? I used it this morning. I, what is it? That 15 minutes when you hit that snooze button, that next 15 minutes, does it not seem like an eternity? It's just like, man, it's just like exactly what I needed. The best sleep in the world. Amen. Well, this morning, I want us to think about that as we think about spiritually where we are, uh, I believe, as a church, uh, as Christians, and I want to preach this message entitled, No More Hitting the Snooze Button. You know, it's been said a lot of times that the church of the Lord is dead, uh, that uh, the churches all around this world are dead, but I'm telling you today that you can't kill the church, amen? I believe the church is just sound asleep. I believe the church has hit that snooze button one too many times and we are slumbering in our sleep and in our laziness, amen? And so this morning I want to preach this message titled, No More Hitting the Snooze Button. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through verse 14. Scripture says this, Do this, knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awake from your sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of the darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I love this part right here, and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Father God, we come to you. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us the ability physically, Lord, to be able to be here today, Lord. We know there's people all around that are sick, and God, as it's just been prayed about and mentioned, Father, we know there's people that are still, God, just trying to comprehend the devastation and the tragedies that have taken place from these horrific storms across our country, Lord. And I just pray for them, and but God, I want us to be thankful to be here, Lord, not that we're... Uh, glad that anything happened to anything, Lord forbid that, but God, we, we are thankful that you've given us the privilege and the ability to be able here and to be here, Lord. And so God, we ask that God it not be wasted. Lord, we've been able to worship through song. And so now, God, we ask that you speak to us through your word and Lord, that we might be able to hear from you and leave this place today changed, uh, Lord, in a way that would bring glory and honor to you. And once again, Father, not out of just routine, but out of the authority you give us, we join our hearts together right now, rebuking the devil, pleading the shed blood of Christ over this place, and Lord God, demanding any spirit other than the Holy Spirit be gone, and Lord God, though he need no invitation, or need, though he don't need our, um, uh, our authority or our, our, our acceptance, God, but we do ask that the Holy Spirit would just dwell among us today, Lord, and God, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So no more hitting the snooze button. You know what kind of just blows my mind today? Do you know that one of the greatest or largest billion dollar industries that are out there today is energy drinks? Energy drinks. The five hour energy drinks, the monsters, the, 
the Red Bulls, and I mean, the list goes on and on, right? Billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. And now, I believe one of the latest, I, I guess, things to add to that is the tea shops, am I right? The nutrition teas also are those that boost energy and things of that nature. Now, I, I, I don't drink them, but I like my coffee, amen? Can I get a witness? I love my coffee. I like it a lot. Uh, I just graduated just about four or five years ago. I feel like an adult now. I love coffee. I drink it all day. I drank a cup at 10 o'clock last night when I left the restaurant I was working at, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Amen? But my point is I want us to understand this today. We as Americans spend billions and billions and billions of dollars to try to stay alert physically. But do you know this morning I believe we don't do anything to try to... Did I say stay alert physically? I did, didn't I? Thought I messed myself up there. But we don't spend a single penny hardly or any effort to stay awake spiritually, do we? We all often spend our lives spiritually just slumbering as though it doesn't matter. So I want to just share this morning what happens when we as believers, as Christians, we hit the spiritual snooze button. What happens in our life? Why does that take place? So number one, I believe one reason why that takes place why often, we know why it takes place physically, right? We'll talk about that through the message. Man, we love that extra five minutes. And isn't that kind of neat? You know, I remember growing up with a regular alarm clock. I don't even own one now. I use that cell phone. But I remember growing up and about probably three or four different clocks in my era of life then, one would have a five-minute snooze, one was seven, and one was nine minutes. Anybody remember that? There, some of them were different. They were just different time frames. But I don't care what it was. If it was 30 seconds when you hit that snooze button, it felt great. Amen? So we know why we do it physically, because we feel like, man, we're getting more sleep. We feel like we got this going on, you know. But why do we do it spiritually? Why does that happen? Well, number one, because we think we have plenty of time. We think we have plenty of time, don't we? We often hit that snooze button spiritually, because we think we have plenty of time. Notice this in verse 11 in the first part of verse 12. He's mentioning time here. He says, do, you, do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. He's saying, listen, man, time is rocking on. And many of y'all, every one of us today can... Uh, really truly testify to that, right? Every day seems like it just goes by faster and faster and faster. It seems like yesterday, doesn't it, that we were celebrating Christmas. And listen, I love celebrating Christmas. I love celebrating Easter. I love celebrating the birth of Jesus, the amazing redemptive work of the Lord Jesus and His glorious resurrection at Easter. Man, I love celebrating all that. But it just seems like it's there every day now. Amen? It's just happening. Time is rocking on. And so often we're hitting that snooze button spiritually because we think we have plenty of time. We lie to ourselves, we believe the devil, and we just think we've all got plenty of time to do the Lord's work and do what He's called us to do. And I got ahead of myself there a little bit, but I want to mention two things when I think about this false or this lie that we have plenty of time spiritually. Number one, we think we have plenty of time to get right with God, don't we? Often we hit that spiritual snooze button always thinking that we're going to have tomorrow to get right with God. We're going to have tomorrow to get lined up into His will. We're, we're going to have tomorrow to be able to do what He wants us to do and get where He wants us to get, which brings me to my next point about that. We always think when we hit that spiritual snooze button, 
that we have plenty of time to do the Lord's will too, to do the Lord's work, to be involved in the kingdom work that we know He's called us to, that He's equipped us to do. We always think we have plenty of time to do it. I love what Jesus says here in John chapter 9, verse 4. Notice what Jesus says this. He says, We must work the works of Him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when, we know, when no one can work. Time is clicking on every second. In our salvation that he's referring to right here, that glorious day when the Lord either comes and receives us unto himself on the day of rapture, or we take our last breath and enter into the other side of eternity, our glorious salvation, not just the day we were born again, but the salvation where he delivers us from the sting of death, amen, and from this world, that is drawing near every day. Is it just rocks on? So we don't have plenty of time, amen? We don't have plenty of time. I, I heard this years ago. Brother Clyde Sanchez, I don't know if any of y'all know Brother Clyde. I think I've mentioned him before. He was a pastor at New Chapel Hill when my wife and I got saved and we joined there and we're serving there. And I'll never forget from the pulpit him sharing this illustration. He tells a story of the devil and three of his demons discussing how they were going to try to deceive the human race into not accepting Jesus, not being born again. And as they sat there in discussion and trying to figure out and scheme and you know see what they could do, one demon first raised his hand out of the three and says, well, I know what we can do. We can tell them that there's no hell. And they all thought, you know, and well, there's people that supposedly went to hell or had visions of hell and it's talked about and it's, it's in the Bible so much and, and you know I just don't think that would work so they said and they discussed more and the second one raised his hand he said I've got it we'll just tell them there's no heaven there's no need to be saved because there's nowhere to, you're, you're not I mean what's the point there's no heaven and they thought again now well, you know the Bible talks about heaven so much and and Jesus spoke about it, and, and there's been people supposedly that have, have seen visions of heaven. You've got John's revelation. You've got all these things. I just don't think that would work. So they sit there, and time passes on, time passes on. The third one raises his hand. He says, I've got it. I've got it. We'll just tell them that they have plenty of time. Is that not true, though, today? There's people right now, not just here with us, not just us, but people all around the world right now, that I promise you that God has pricked their heart and drawn them unto salvation or, or even children of God that are born again that are out there right now not living for the Lord and their excuses are what they believe that they've got plenty of time. It's always been my fear to wake up one day and be at death's door and realize I've wasted and lost so much of my life that I just slept it away, amen? In fact, isn't that a good illustration today? Man, you know, I, I love sleep. That's one of, my, one of my false idols, I think, in my life. But, man, there's been times in my life that, that I'd oversleep, or, or, man, especially during deer season, guys, or, and even ladies that like to enjoy deer hunting, man, you know, you're just too tired, you hit that snooze button too many, one too many times, and, man, you end up not getting to go. You just slept that time away and didn't even get to go. Man, how much worse is it? if we slumber our entire life away spiritually and not serve the Lord from hitting that snooze button. So we hit that snooze button spiritually because we think we have plenty of time. But another reason today I believe that we often hit that spiritual snooze button is because we think we can't survive without the deeds of the flesh. 
Notice what he says in verse 12. He says, The night is almost gone, the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us lay aside the deeds of darkness. Here's the truth today. I know for me, there's, there's sin that I've been wrestling with my entire Christian life. You say, well, then you may not be saved. Well, when I say wrestle, let me help you understand. There's times I've had victory over sin, the particular sins that I'm thinking of right now. There's times I've walked in victory. There's seasons where, man, I was on top of it in the power of the Lord, but then it just comes back and takes root, and then it's just this constant going back and forth, tossing back and forth, in the sin, out of the sin, in the sin, out of the sin. Man, from laziness to, to apathy to, to discouragement ruling my life to anxiety ruling my life, all these different things that, man, I wrestled with my entire Christian life. And, you know, sometimes I think the reason why I truly don't get true victory and deliverance is because all too often, I, 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 it's, it's been part of my life for so long, I, I really just think I can't live without it. Does that make sense today? The, the folks that are wrapped in bondage to substance abuse, whether that be alcohol or pills or whatever it might be, they think they can't live without that fleshly carnal thing in their life. And I would be willing to bet today, whatever it is you struggle with, whatever it is that's causing you to be in a spiritual rut and to continue to hit that spiritual snooze button is because you think you can't live without it. It's something that's been a part of your life for so long. It's just become that, that, that thing that's there that's often you may not notice it and you may not acknowledge it, but it's been there for so long that you believe you just can't live without it. But the Bible says today to lay it aside. Lay it aside. The third reason today I believe also that you and I often hit that spiritual snooze button is we refuse to get up and get ready. Amen. I woke my 18-year-old son up. Y'all, many of y'all have met him or seen him in here in church a time or two. And, and um, so I woke him up this morning for church. And it's just like every single time I wake him up for anything, unless it's hunting, fishing, or golf. Usually he may beat me up or, or not beat me up, you know, but... Get up before me, amen? And it's kind of a little more exciting. But school, work, church, man, I wake him up. And you know what? I have to go back up there about one more time. Wake him up. Get up, get ready. You've got 15 minutes, son. And then finally he'll get up. It's towel, go in there, turn the water on in the sink. Let's don't go to the bathtub or anything. Else. Wash your hair in the kitchen sink. It's a routine, whatever. Then leave your towel there, leave your shampoo there. But you know what I've been doing? I've been throwing it away. I'm like, you're going to pick up after yourself. And you're going to start paying for your shampoo. But anyway, that's a whole rabbit I just chased there a little bit, right? But he don't want to get up and get ready. It's just lazy, sleep, lethargic, whatever you want to describe, man. He's just sitting there sleeping. Just don't want to get up and get ready. That's where we are spiritually. We don't want to take the effort to get up and get ready. Notice what it says here in verse 12 again. The night is almost gone, the day is near, therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness, and now notice what it says, and put on the armor of light. The Word of God teaches us that you and I, we have a big responsibility, that we are to be prepared, ready spiritually, amen? In fact, the book of Ephesians, the Lord dedicates an entire chapter, chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians, on putting on what? The whole armor of God. See, you and I, I think, sometimes gets this, get this mixed up. We, 
recognize that our salvation, we can't do anything, we can't work for it, we can't earn it. It is truly a gift of God. It's by grace, it's by faith. Man, we know that today. And sometimes we get that kind of mixed up in thinking that our spiritual life, our, our spiritual efforts, our, our dis discipline and our you know, walk with the Lord, we think we don't have any responsibility with that either. But I'm telling you today, you are 100% responsible for your spiritual growth. Amen? You're 100% responsible to get up and get ready spiritually. To get up and be under the preaching of God's Word. To get up and be under the teaching of God's Word. To get up and be in God's Word. And bathe yourself in God's Word. And spend time communicating with God through prayer. And fellowshipping with others. I love what Brother Eddie said a while ago. And I'm telling you, I, I promise you this. One of the greatest things that God ever gave me besides salvation, His Word, His Holy Spirit, His, my wife. i got to go down the list, right? But one of the greatest things He ever gave me was fellowship. Man, if you, if you didn't recognize that during COVID, something's wrong. You've got to ask God to change you and change your personality. We need each other desperately, and there is a big-time blessing in having one another. But, man, we've got to make certain that we don't hit that snooze button spiritually and act like we don't want to get ready spiritually. We refuse to get ready. We've got to make certain we are truly doing what God's called us to do, to be prepared spiritually that we might be who He's called us to be. Amen? Man, I'll never forget when I was growing up and just stepped out into the workforce, if you will, which was at a very young age, amen? Some of y'all are like me. Man, you remember, man, I was working in the woods logging at the age of 16, running a chainsaw, jumping on a skitter, things like that. And I'll never forget my boss at the time, Jay uh, Andrews. He was out of Marion, Louisiana. And I'll never forget one morning, I was sitting over in the driver's seat, I mean, in the passenger seat. He was in the driver's seat. We get up to the door, uh, our, our driveway, I'm just off this morning, right? We pull in, and uh, we go to pick up one of the saw hands. He comes out there and gets on the porch. He grabs a sack lunch. And back in that day, and still today, a lot of them, they wear the work boots. They're not to slip on, but they're laced up, right? So he gets out there, and he's got his boots. They're totally unlaced. They're just, you can see the tongue just laid out, laces like that, both of them like that, and he's just moving around. We've already been waiting on him about five minutes. He's getting madder. He said, man, I knew, my daddy always told me, if you get to the door, uh, driveway of a man, pick him up and go to work, and his boots ain't tied, well, he ain't ready to go to work. You might as well leave him. And I thought about that spiritually. That, that, and I can picture that man, him and many others that I saw when I stepped into authority and began to uh, hire people my own and everything else and run a job. I remember seeing that, man. You'd pull up, and they weren't ready to go to work. They were just kind of going, man, you know what I'm saying? Just not ready. And... So that's so often where we are spiritually, isn't it? We either refuse to get up and get ready, or, or maybe we do get up and we just kind of throw some clothes on, our hair's all out of whack spiritually, right? Our boots are unlaced. We're not really ready. We're just kind of there existing, right? Still half asleep. Some of us spend our entire spiritual lives half asleep, don't we? So we refuse to get up and get ready is why we often hit that spiritual snooze button. Fourth of all this morning, I've only got two more points. We often also hit the spiritual snooze button because we don't want to be like Jesus. We don't want to be like Jesus. That's simply that, isn't it? Verse 13, verse 14, Scripture says, Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We can talk more about being ready right there, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want us to shift gears and think about the fact that we are to be, act like, look like, talk like, walk like 
Jesus. Amen? And often, that's the fact of the matter. We, we hit that spiritual snooze button because I don't want to do that. That's hard. That's sacrificial. That's difficult. That's painful because my flesh has got to die. I've got to put forth effort. I've got to do something. Remember what I said a while ago? It's my responsibility 100% to, to grow spiritually. Yes, there's responsibility on the pastor to preach. There's responsibility on the teacher to teach. There's responsibility on the mentor to mentor the mentee. Whatever, how you want to describe that. There's a lot of responsibility, but I ultimately am responsible for my spiritual growth. And if I truly don't want that to happen, well, how much easier just to go to just stay asleep? I mean, how, how much easier is it to just be comfortable, right? It's so much easier to just be like Greg than be like Jesus. Because being like Greg comes what? Natural. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything at all. Have you ever thought about that? To be like Greg, I just wake up and go through whatever. Let life hit me, whatever. Respond however Greg would and it just comes natural. I don't have to prepare. I don't have to discipline myself. I don't have to tell myself I need to respond this way. It just happens, right? Am I right? The flesh just comes out natural. Because we're fleshly beings apart from Christ. But when we're born again, we have this great responsibility that we are to be like Jesus. Not as some actor, but really be like Him. Amen? To be who He is. To walk like He walked. To talk like He talked. And that's difficult. That's hard. It's so much easier to just push that snooze button. Amen? To stay in that spiritual rut. That's so much easier. Because, man, if I'm going to be like him, I'm going to have to spend more time in prayer. I'm going to spend more time in the Word. I'm going to have to spend more time away from the world and in Christ and in his Word. It's hard. There's some things I may have to get rid of in my life. There's some people I may have to distance myself from. Not that I want to just get rid of them completely because I want to reach them. Even those bad influences, we want to reach them. But I may have to distance myself more. Amen? So... Often we hit that button because we, we really just don't want to be like Jesus. That's too hard. That's too difficult. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I was listening last night. In fact, I, I encourage you to look this guy up. Uh, his name's Todd Friel. Uh, he is a, man, he, he's a great, I don't know, I'd call him the Bible commentator slash radio host, whatever, anybody ever heard of him? Todd Friel. Um, I'm trying to, uh, Wretched Radio, Wretched Radio, Todd Friel. Y'all, you can hear his voice now probably. He's got a distinct, deep, tight voice, but he's awesome. And last night as I was driving home, he had a two-hour show on worship. Uh, now, the new worship songs. Now, listen, I love contemporary worship. I love bluegrass worship. I love everything as long as the content is biblical and uh, founded in the Word of God. Amen. And he was talking about it, and I've been saying this for a long time. I've been pointing it out, and I've been wrestling with it. So many of these new different artists, and they're writing songs just quickly, quickly, quickly. And, and the reason they're writing them so quickly, and he pointed this out last night, is because they elevate the flesh. They elevate us. I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved. And, and those are some truths there. Yes, God loves me, and I am loved by God, but I need more deeper doctrinal truth than that. Amen? And people love that. We love to hear how we're loved. We love to hear how we're treasured by God. And again, we are, and that's amazing. But I also need to hear the fact that I need to change, that I need to be like Him, that I need to act like Him, that I need to truly spiritually discipline myself and, and live up to the standards of the gospel. Amen? And so we just don't want to be like Jesus. It's so much easier to just hit that button, isn't it? And then last of all, this morning, we also hit the 
spiritual snooze button because we keep buying clocks that have snooze buttons. Amen? Listen to verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and here's that part I mentioned a while ago, and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Make no provision. Do you know today that 9 out of 10 sins that you and I commit is because we planned it. We made it. We, we lined things up. Satan, our flesh, helped it out, yes. But we lined it up so it would happen. Does that make sense? Now, there's things that happen. There's rash decisions. There's reactions. There's knee-jerk reaction, we may call it, or whatever. But there are sins most of the time that will happen in our life as a result where we provided the steps, the things to take place. We provided, you know, the setting. We went where we shouldn't have went. We turned on what we shouldn't have turned on. We swiped on what we shouldn't have swiped to. We did everything we could. The whole time trying to ignore it, but we know we're going through the steps making provision for the flesh. Y'all know, I mentioned this earlier, but man, it's been a long time. I, I don't think I've had an alarm clock in a couple, man, at least a decade and a half. And I went a long time not knowing that my iPhone had a snooze um, category, whatever you call it, feature. Didn't even know it. And you know what happened? I never hit the snooze button because it wasn't provided. It wasn't available. There wasn't provision for that snooze button. And I don't know if it was where they, uh, Apple had added on with one of their many, many updates that we all hate. Can I get a witness from an Apple fan out there? I don't know if that's what happened or if I just finally figured it out. I don't know. But then it became available. It was provided. There was provision for a snooze button. And now, since that point, I'd be willing to bet every single time these last 15 years, however long it's been, every single day of my life I've used that snooze button because it was there. I think you can turn it off. I know you can. You can turn it off. I'm going to. But spiritually, that's why we hit the snooze button spiritually because we provide the snooze button. We make sure it's there. Yes, Satan does it most of the time, but we can't blame him for everything because our flesh does a pretty good job, doesn't it? And we, as believers that are born again, we provide for the flesh also often, don't we? We and I've already said this, but, but we, we go places we shouldn't. We do things we shouldn't. We watch things we shouldn't. We listen to things we shouldn't. We hang out with people we shouldn't hang out with. And again, let me throw this disclaimer out there. We are to go out and reach the laws. We are to be like Jesus, eat with the sinners. But we've got to make sure we're spiritually ready before we put ourselves in those situations. Amen? Or else we'll find ourselves providing for the flesh for failure. He says, make no provision for the flesh. We want to stay alert spiritually. We've got to quit closing our eyes spiritually. Amen? I'll never forget this too. When I was a pastor over in Athens, Louisiana, I had a youth pastor who would come out of my youth group out of Texas that God had called to the ministry. His name was Aaron Ferguson, one of the funniest people in the entire world. And I'll never forget, this dude would get there every Sunday morning and he would just be half out of it. And he was in the youth Sunday school class. I was teaching at that time. He and I was kind of taking turns and, and I'd sit over there and I'd be teaching and I'd be trying to teach and the whole time I'd be looking at him and he'd be going to sleep and I'd be like... And Jesus loves you. And the whole time I'm trying to teach, I'm over there like, Aaron, I'm going to get you, son. And I finally, I told him this. I said, Aaron, don't close your eyes. 
Stand up, do something to try to stay awake, man. You're supposed to be an example of these young people, and you're sitting there sleeping, they're hitting each other, laughing at you. Don't close your eyes. What happens? If you're sleepy, if you close your eyes, what's going to happen? Boom, you're gone. Well, a lot of us are sleepy spiritually. We've got to quit closing our eyes. We've got to quit providing for the flesh. Quit getting comfortable. Quit getting lazy. Quit getting apathetic. Quit being around the, the naysayers and all the negativity that's affecting you and putting you to sleep spiritually. Quit watching the things that are putting you to sleep spiritually. Quit listening to them, amen? We've got to quit making provision for the flesh. We're supposed to kill it, not keep it alive. In fact, I just got a clear illustration right there in my heart that I bet you can relate to. I, I'm telling you, I can picture myself right now as clear as a bell. One side of me that's, that's putting the flesh to death, as the Bible teaches us, and one side of me that's doing all I can to resuscitate the flesh. Is that not a picture of who we are? And where we are often as we wrestle in this difficult life that we have, the flesh, the spirit man. Man, isn't that a picture? We're to put it to death, not provide for it. And man, I think there's a whole message on point number five, isn't it? We could preach for hours on how we as individuals and we as the church provide for the flesh. It says make no provision for the flesh. In other words, don't help it at all. Don't make it easy. Don't, don't do anything that would cause you to stumble. Amen? Well, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning and of course, this message this morning has no doubt been geared and directed to believers that we would awaken, as the Bible says, awaken. That we would truly allow the Lord to wake us up spiritually and we would refuse to hit the snooze button. We'd get up, man, and let God prepare us and go forth into battle. The battle's going on. The question is whether we're going to be involved in it or not, amen? Whether we're going to be a part of the victorious team that's coming out on top. Are we going to be a part of it? Are we going to add to it, amen? Or are we just going to sit on the sidelines? My, my son that I mentioned earlier, his, his football team this year went undefeated and they went to win the state championship. And you know, every one of those boys wanted on that field. And when we got enough far ahead at the end, the coach even let some of the younger ones, the JV team, get out there. They, they wanted to be on the field, a part of that battle that was taking place for that game, amen? Man, shouldn't that be the way we are as Christians? We want to be out there, be a part of it, instead of just sitting on the sidelines, sound asleep, half out of it, half asleep, whatever you want to describe it as, we should want to be a part, amen? So this morning, would you this morning, if you know you're a child of God, would you ask the Lord, God, would you wake me up? God, would you, Lord, move me to a place where I desperately want to be back on the battlefield with you? No longer hitting the snooze button. Let, let me take that feature off my phone spiritually, not physically. Right? So I might truly refuse to hit it anymore. Then I might stay awake spiritually for you, Lord.